Today's date is December 20th, 1991. I looked up some things. I looked up the Billboard rankings. I don't want to talk about it because every <laughs> once in a while, I find something that I have never heard of before looking stuff up for this show that I, is vastly more interesting than any pop culture touch point that I could bring up <laughs> in the moment. So I would like to take a break from our usual to talk about a man who passed away today in December 20th, 1991. Oh. Uh, Samuel Rabin, born Samuel Rabinovich, British guy who in the uh, 30s struggled to make it as a sculptor despite being commissioned to create works, including uh, one that you can see to this day on the headquarters of the London Underground. So like, that feels like you kind of made it, but also I understand how that doesn't uh, float a whole <laughs> life and a family and all that stuff. So to pay for his art enthusiasm, he went pro in one of his hobbies, wrestling. Okay, here we go. He wrestled and boxed to a lesser extent under a variety of names, one of which is Sam Radnor, the Hebrew Jew, which is a pretty wild okay, name. Okay, <laughs> let's calm down. Uh, he took bronze in the 1928 Olympics in Amsterdam, which is Jesus not Christ. nothing as far as wrestling is concerned. Like, <laughs> if you have a statue in London and you meddled in the Olympics, I feel like that's a pretty big life already. Uh, but he, uh, perhaps for reasons you might understand as a British person and a Jew, uh, felt like he needed to serve in the British army in World War II. And mm -hmm. yep, <laughs> I think that was probably a good decision. <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, he not only survived the war, which is not a given, he became known as an entertainer among the troops. He sang so well, despite having no training, that he got gigs going around and entertaining the British troops during World War II. And then after the war was over, he was hired to sing baritone on a variety of BBC radio programs for the whole nation. Wow. Uh, That's fucking awesome. He got to a point in the uh, 40s where he was like... I just this music's not really my thing. I know I'm really good at it. <laughs> just I mean, it's not. I like the art stuff. So uh, and he decided he couldn't make it as a sculptor. So he concentrated on drawings and he developed a specific style where he drew almost exclusively boxing, like ring boxing people, people in the crowd, and all this stuff using wax crayons that he designed and personally made himself uh, and then made his longest-lasting profession out of teaching art at several different British colleges until he died on this day in 1991 at the age of 88. Uh, I, don't, I don't like to say this. I don't say it often. But they, they don't make them like this anymore. <laughs> this is a man, <laughs> all right? <laughs> Sam Rabin is a fucking badass. If you fought a wrestler man that was singing at you and <laughs> sculpting and drawing beautiful pictures, I would tap out immediately. There, you got no chance with this guy. Yeah, he didn't uh, participate after he, you know, won his bout in wrestling because he was just painting the other guys who were. That's why he only got bronze. <laughs> he should have taken it all. And we'll get to it. We're gonna find out more about me and my personality. Welcome to the Jumping the Shuttle, where we talk about historical important things uh, <laughs> from the 1990s and eventually 80s. We're going backwards in time. I'm Alex Diamond. I'm here with uh, David. Do you have a wrestling name? Were you ever uh, given a moniker in your fighting days? I, I'm a I'm a lover, not a fighter. Oh, is that sure. is that an appropriate? Um, this guy was married. You can be both, apparently. You know what? I did get put in a full Nelson once in high school, and I immediately blacked out and fell on a Martinelli's <laughs> oh, apple no. juice glass what and got a concussion. Saying? So, oh for one <laughs> over here. Uh, John, how's your record? Untouched. Um, I think you mean the the chair taker. 
That's that's my wrestling mm. name because I don't I don't dish out the chair um, the chair toss. I, I I usually was on the receiving end of that. Um, <laughs> so I guess you, you could. I'm assuming you could probably surmise that my record not too good. Um, mm-hmm. You know, um, it was it was a short uh, <laughs> career, and um, mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. The, yeah, it was it was not my calling. Um, I you know I took too many chairs uh, it's, to the yeah. face. So <laughs> you, usually one is too many, in my opinion. That's how I would operate. But uh, yeah, I, I did see the Iron Claw last week oh. after we finished recording, and yet? now I am I'm a sad little boy, <laughs> and it's fine to be sad little boys together. <laughs> you know, if we're if we're gonna talk about modern movies too, can I can I? Uh, um, oh, please. Uh, we are going to do a little John rants chair. about the Oscars. Oh, I've heard lots of opinions already. Not um, necessarily yours, but I, I bet I've heard some that overlap with what you're about to say. I mean, I, I think you probably know where I'm going with this, but how they shouldn't have nominated anything except for Oppenheimer for any category. <laughs> Is that what you're going to well, say? Well, first of all, obviously that the real shocker uh, when the when the nominees came out, I, I couldn't believe it was it was nominated as much as it was. Oppenheimer, I mean, a total just just trash mm, film. It's not good beast at, at all. Shit. <laughs> Wait, but uh, you know where I'm going with this. How in the hell do you nominate Ryan Gosling? All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you, you don't nominate Margot Robbie for, for mm. Best Actress and Greta Gerwig for Best Director. It's absolute nonsense. Well, because he made up all of the decisions and he was the main character, so he gets he gets to get the light shown on him because he did better than everyone else. Right, sure, sure. But it just feels like <laughs> it feels intentional. And it's it a bad look. Like, like Greta Gerwig directed a cultural phenomenon. The, yep, the, yep. the the biggest hit of the year and like a, a cultural zeitgeist. Absolutely yeah. incredible film. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> it's so <laughs> well crafted. Well, of course, you know. It, it can just, I, yeah, can I throw out a word to explain please. this, John? Because I feel like mm. I, uh, I know one that may be able to answer your question. Mm. Um, it starts with sex. Yeah, I think. <laughs> hey, can't say that on TikTok. <laughs> Ends with ism. Yeah, sexism. Uh, uh, it's, it's, it's not sexonism. It's 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 <laughs> insane. Um, that moment. Um. Over the summer, I was like, is one of my favorite moments. Like, you know, I saw sure, Oppenheimer yeah. with David, and then that same day, I decided let's. I, I'm going to do the double feature, and I went to see. It was it was uh, late at night. I will add. I went to go see Barbie, <laughs> and it was incredible. Uh, it's so yeah. I don't. know. I'm just really. It really pisses me off. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like I think Barbie is incredibly crafted film. I have some opinions about it that like people probably wouldn't agree with if they like super duper loved that movie. Uh, but uncontroversially, I can say I think that this episode of Family Matters that we watched for this week fucking sucked. I hated it so oh, much. Wow. I I I this is a, this is one for me. Yeah. I have a lot of I was not expe- I was expecting to like it. I think this one sent me into a deep deep iron claw. <laughs> I, I I don't I don't know how to yet? be feeling. Yeah, when we we really got into, when we really got into the plot, I I legitimately was like uh, I hope David's doing okay with this one. <laughs> I'm not. It's, yeah. Spoiler alert, I, I am not. For very different reasons, this episode hits really close to home for two different hosts of this show. Uh, and John just gets to referee. He gets to enjoy and hope that a chair doesn't come his way this episode. We're talking, of course, about the historic episode 60 of Family Matters, season three, episode 13, entire, entire, entire world, choir trouble. <laughs> is this i don't know if this is a reference to anything i know john has chair trouble but i don't think that they knew that in 1991 when they were making this episode 
we're entering a new era as we go backwards. This is our first episode directed by uh, many times director of an episode of Family Matters guy, James O'Keefe. Uh, who, oh, who was a producer and a director for another little show called Perfect Strangers? Never heard of it. And another show called Step by Step. Never watched an episode. Legitimately, though, what was the first one that you said? The Perfect Strangers. I don't. I come and knock on my balcony. Uh, that's more confusing. I don't. Because <laughs> Balky is not in Three's Company. Um, oh, okay. Uh, Perfect Strangers is oh. the show that he worked on. And Step by Step is another one. And uh, Full House is another one he did after this episode of television. He also worked on a TV show called The Good News, which seems to be uh, very much like Family Matters, just a working class family sitcom uh, uh this one though it's not a cop as the head of the house it's a preacher and his oh. whole deal is that his congregation thinks he's too young uh and that's like a whole show that they <laughs> made for 22 episodes and not a second more uh it did start david ramsey who would go on to play diggle in cw's arrowverse and all those shows oh, yeah. um he's he's good i i don't think the show is probably but that's something this is also our first episode written by mary m schwartz uh it's also our last episode written by mary <laughs> m schwartz interesting it's the uh it's the gif of, uh from simpsons of walking into the bar and then immediately leaving yep. the bar <laughs> turning right back around uh it's the bar is bigger than this show john because Miriam schwartz has written exactly one episode of any television or video <laughs> project of any kind. If you do some creative Googling, you can figure out that IMDb has like split up into two people. What should be one person? Uh, she did not come out of the ether to write a Family Matters episode and recede into the sky. Uh, she was a production assistant on most of Punky Brewster and uh, the series Boys Will Be Boys, which starred Matthew Perry as a boy who's the future ghost of him comes back to give him advice. Uh, we have talked about that before because it, like Punky Brewster, was created by David W. Duclon. So mm. probably a little bit of a handshake, uh, get you in the door kind of deal. Um, and it turned out bad for somebody. Us. I, I feel like she's just haunting me. I think she came into my life at <laughs> just one point in my life to be like, hey, you're a piece of shit. And then she just <laughs> ghosted me. Uh, interior living room Sunday morning. We know it's a Sunday morning specifically because <laughs> Carl is screaming that they're going to be late for church. He's doing he's doing a lot of screaming and it's it's very good and loud screaming and he's not like clipping the mic it, it's impressive shit. It's he's going to hurt his voice though. Yeah. And yeah. as somebody who in real life has a responsibility to be on a show and talk, bad idea. And in fiction as we find out He's a member of the titular choir that has trouble. Mm -hmm. You can't be screaming like this 30 minutes before you got to get those robes on. That's the only way you can warm up, though. You just got to <laughs> scream until you bleed. He's running, he's running late, so he's catching up real quick. <laughs> uh, Richie comes in looking pretty fly for a little guy in a white tux, <laughs> except that there's a big purple stripe all down the front. <laughs> He says he spilled grape juice on himself because they were out of orange juice, which is that's that's a pretty good line for, for mm -hmm. a kid. That's all right. It was uh, it was Waldo esque. It was kind of Waldo esque there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could have uh, used him in this episode. Could have had a little levity mm, coming in at any point in my life. Good point. Uh, there's a cheer through the door and a rhyme crime for Steve just right up top. You hate to. But this see is it. like. 
this is the most, uh, I think this holds the record for the amount of rhyme crimes at one time. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, that we have seen. I might have to check the tape, and by that I mean I will not, but I, <laughs> it's up there for sure. It's, it's, it's way, way too many. It's, 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 it's absurd. <laughs> as soon as he walks in, we get an Estelle, my bell. Mm-hmm. He is what I would describe as slightly dressed up for Steve. Like he's wearing a mm. full on suit. With his usual sort of suspenders and bow tie thing. So the, I think the jacket is the only thing that makes this notable. Yeah, but I think I also I think assume, he knows he knows Zircon Church. Yes, he knows what he's, he's doing. already got I the agree. intel. He, he heard about it on in the, you know, because he's got the wire. He's got wiretaps going. <laughs> he knows what's happening. I thought, oh, he's just coming over to go to church with them. But like we quickly yeah. find out. He he has seen the family's Sunday morning routine and is very jealous of what they have. He wants to live that life. Uh, he hits on Mother Winslow, though, mm, before mm-hmm. she's going to church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mm. see. Here's the thing. He's like this little like precocious guy. I don't know if this is like. A cute thing that makes me like him more or a disgusting mm-hmm. thing that makes me hate him more. I don't know where I land on this. It's gross. Well, I, regardless <laughs> of Referee Steve, John. <laughs> you, as Mother Winslow, hearing this child say how sexy you are and if he were older and he would fuck you, you cannot respond to that as an adult. Yeah. By saying, I have pantyhose older than you. Mm-hmm. You you can't say that. This is a little boy. Or what are you, <laughs> but also, like, know. what are you supposed to, are you supposed to be flattered by it? Like, I don't, you know, like, I, that, that seems wrong, too. You know, like, it's a lose-lose yeah. for both parties involved. <laughs> yeah. I can see how a character like Rachel, who's desperately trying to claw onto her mm. youth and relevance would be flattered by that and somebody who is actually young and exuberant at heart Estelle is like I don't fucking get out of here man Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna do and a kickflip over your head <laughs> shouldn't be hearing that from an underage a- kid an underage kid shouldn't yeah. be saying that to a much mm. older sure. uh, adult it's just crazy and she's her pond is like so she's got so many old fish in the sea. These <laughs> fish are swimming up her stream, ready to go. Yeah, maybe what it is is she just calls them all Fletcher so that it's easy for her to remember. That's <laughs> not really what's going on. They're not all named that. Probably a lot of Fletchers, though, at that age. It's, well, less all the time. <laughs> Steve says he uh, loves how the Winslows pile into their gremlin every Sunday. I don't I did watch carefully in the opening credits mm. where Eddie is like buffing the hood of the the car that's not the other car. It's possible that this is a gray <laughs> gremlin. I don't think it's very likely. I think those are more distinct cars than this and this one just looks like kind of any old sedan, but I don't know. Steve's family on Sundays does the New York Times crossword puzzle together, which is a surprise because I thought they all hated each other. Uh, <laughs> they do it in ink. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, because like, because they, it's because they're so, you get it? It's because they're like so confident in their answers that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're smarty, smarty yeah. boys and girls. There's, I can't remember the exact quote, but there was like a, some pro athlete who was thought of as kind of a lunkhead and his coach saw him on the plane doing the crossword in ink and the coach was like holy shit i didn't know you like could do that and the athlete said something to the effect of like well they don't grade you on this. Like, <laughs> if i'm wrong who cares <laughs> which proves that he actually was the smartest person that in the is room. a like, great just response do whatever you want. <laughs> uh 
So then the Urkels go to the good old sensory deprivation tanks to take a load off of their whole lives. I, I'm going to be honest. That sounds like a perfect Sunday to me. I, kind of I don't agree. like that. That sounds fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, sounds, I, uh, sounds fucking expensive. <laughs> well, that's true. I, that's, that's why I think it's so funny in this moment in time because like Steve has to say like they have an in at the university and like this is like mm-hmm. experimental shit that they're accessing and that they shouldn't be able to get uh, into like this is not a publicly available thing even though like they've been around a long time but like it was this realm of like experimentation and weird science and stuff and so now a days when it's yeah you go and sit in there for a couple hundred bucks a pop or whatever yeah also you can just like fucking take a bath in the dark you, they don't grade it <laughs> you can just turn the lights off yeah you could pull an 11 from stranger things and just get in the yep i was going to say mm-hmm. yeah just make it inside of a fridge or whatever <laughs> estelle invites steve to church and is inviting more rhyme crimes against the Lord. Mm. You can come with us to church and sit right next to me. And Steve says, in a pew with you will do. Like she, that's exactly how it goes. She does not respond between those. It's just him taking a hammer out and hitting somebody in the head with it. RVJ uh, comes back in and yells that they're late in an even crazier way than before. Everybody runs downstairs, sees Steve, sees that he's coming to church, and they all run right back up. But at some point during that, though, I think it's Carl telling somebody to like change their shirt or something. Mm. And I, Harriet says to Judy, "Like we got to change oh, your that's dress." What it was. And then, like they run up. But I'm trying to figure what. What is that? What does Steve have, going to church have to do with that? I don't understand. I think <laughs> it was weird. I think it's it just to delay it. That was my interpretation. Uh, I think it's okay. just to like make more time before this horror. So they have thing to more time starts. so that they can like mentally prepare and accept that this is ha- a thing that's happening. Yeah, or run out the clock and you can't <laughs> go to church no more <laughs> because you were upstairs too long. <laughs> Now, this was a normal thing for me. Like, we didn't go to church very often. Uh, my grandpa was a reverend, so we only came to church when he was in town. <laughs> and we pretended like we went to church all the time. But we were always late. And, like, and these people can't be late. They are a quarter of the entire <laughs> choir. You got to be there on time. And I know this the is a little spoiler, like- but they have earned their place in the choir. This is a singing family, man. Oh, well, for sure. For sure. Uh, But yeah, like when we uh, right now we cut to interior church day, like my my belief is this is the same church set that we've had in other episodes. Mm -hmm. But like it's made for TV like this is not a big church. Yeah, you can't be late when you know every (laughs) single goddamn person in this room. Uh. The choir is going for it. And yeah, that's like a third of the entire population of the people in this room are up behind the preacher. Uh, Of course, who is taking all of the special parts in this song, but Rachel right in front, right in the center. Here it begins. (laughs) Now, I will say (laughs) she is so... She's so, this is her profession before. She's so fucking good. Yeah, of course. It's like, she's fucking wailing. She is, the rasp that she has, like, when she's doing it, she's, this is incredible shit she's doing. It is certainly, like, uh, speaking uh, speaking to my experience, which may inform how I react to the rest of this episode, <laughs> I went to church every day as a child. Uh, every day. Every day. Even before this happened, uh, that was the case. But it super duper became the case when eventually both of my parents became ordained ministers and were in charge of their own church and were leading things. And even if you are like, I'm not sure this is for me, 
I was told explicitly in these terms, I have to support the family business. So <laughs> I had, I was in those seats. Mm. Uh, but in, in any church, there is the person that everyone knows is like the best singer. Like you're going to give it, there's going to be a lot of people singing over the course of the year, but in the clutch times, there's going to be one person. They've got mm-hmm. it. Yep, they're they're what? they're 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 taking in all the solos, and you just know it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know it in your in your bones that it's only gonna ever go to that person. <laughs> look, I was in choir. I was in choir and church yes. growing up. So look, we all know the politics. Look, I'm not just a referee here. I'm not just a referee. I, you know, <laughs> I, I went, look. I, I I went through it. I went through church choir growing up. So I get it. I understand. But that person who's the best. They're not also a top ten on the Billboard Hot 100 <laughs> musical artist mm-hmm. best. Yeah, that doesn't happen the same way. That <laughs> that person is in the choir. If they exist at that church, they're not singing. Yeah, they're out doing. They're out. They're out doing concerts elsewhere. They're on. They're on. A, they're on tour. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's what happens to Sister Fram- Frampa. The, what? All right. Let's <laughs> let's talk about it. <laughs> Laura, Eddie, Harriet, Carl, and Rachel are all in the choir. They're all relatively closely grouped together, even though their voice parts are not the same. Mm. And I don't know if this is optimal organization. Uh, Steve doesn't know how choir and church stuff works because it's his first time, apparently. Uh, so he's like standing up and applauding when he's not supposed to. He says he almost started a wave. Uh, ha ha ha. And, um, then he like, as the preacher is getting started, Steve is a little too enthusiastic with his amens and his hallelujahs. Preacher here is pastor people. And (laughs) just, I like the performances in this episode are fucking incredible. Like this guy is so good. Pastor people. Very good. Maybe you remember him from Trading Spaces where he played Big Black Guy. That's the credit Mm -hmm. that he gets. Maybe you remember him from officiating Estelle and Fletcher's wedding at the end Mm -hmm. of season four. Very good shit. I don't, unfortunately, but that's that is uh, that's awesome that he came back. Yeah, he had way more to do in this episode. It makes more sense when you see this one, why they brought him back for the other episode. Um, Not just because it was like a momentous kind of anniversary episode, but also because like, well, he's good. We've already established him. Mm -hmm. Why not? Um, And he explains that sister Frampa, which the subtitles spell F R A M P A. I don't, I don't know of another way to interpret that. She was the choir director. She's moved on to become a full-time backup singer for ZZ Top, which sounds like a good gig if you can get it, man. Why not? Yeah, and everybody's very dismissive of it. Like, that's good money. That's a good gig. Yeah, that's the big time. Like, I <laughs> fully... As, as a working artist, if you can make the money doing what you love, you don't have mm-hmm. to go wrestle as the Hebrew Jew anymore. <laughs> Yeah, you don't have to take any more chairs to the face. <laughs> Never again. Unless that's your passion, in which case, maybe pick a different passion. Pastor people. Announces Rachel is going to be the new leader. She freaks out, uh, promises in front of everyone that she'll make the upcoming Gospel Sunday the best ever. Uh, and so I guess this is, this is not stakes, by the way. TV writers uh, take note. I know maybe if you're a TV writer, uh, at some point you have to write your first one. But if you were ever to write a second one, maybe introduce like stakes and like what what are the things that people are fighting for? What are the risks associated with that uh, early (laughs) in the episode? The preacher is like, no, this is not a time for it's not Rachel time. Thank you. This is not time. (laughs) And, what does he say? He's like, yeah, uh, we get the point. We get the point. <laughs> yeah, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I would have loved to have had it kept going. He just like loses it. He's like, shut up. 
That's enough. <laughs> Just smashes the pulpit <laughs> under his bare hands. It seems impossible to me that as a spiritual and moral leader in this community, that he has not at least heard from all of the 10 people who live next to Steve Urkel about mm-hmm. Steve and about what a fucking menace he is. Yeah. And yet, the preacher invites new people to the church to stand up and testify without any guardrails on this one. There's no ropes. Chairs are flying straight into the (laughs) audience on this one. And Steve, of course, stands up, stands in front of everyone, says he's been missing something despite having everything. He still uses his confessional time to hit on Laura in front of everyone, which is a fucking bummer. Love it. And then he says he's been covering up for what's missing, just like Pastor Peeble covers up his bald head with a mail order rug. Okay, look, I'm glad that he said it because I couldn't tell if it was a joke. I don't like you don't assume these things sure. like it was a little like bumpy in the back, but that, you know, who cares? It's fine. He should have got his out of a van. That guy knows wigs. <laughs> so, so then Steve says he, he literally says, I've opened my heart and let the Lord in. So I, I guess this is the moment. Mm hmm. That Steve became a Christian for the rest of the series. Stopped happening. Oh my God. I thought that was like a weird thing that kept creeping in. Yeah. I did not think at any Mm -hmm. point we are going to see Steve saved on camera. (laughs) This is the evangelical dream. The too scientific atheist, God is dead type dude Mm -hmm. went to church one time and (laughs) saw a hot girl in the choir and was like, I want to fuck God. We got him. (laughs) So Rachel leads the choir in singing a song that uh, all the lyrics are amen. Then we get a little title card, a little insert a few days later. Interior church night. Eddie is hitting on Becky. Now, it may astonish you to hear us say that if you're paying extremely close attention because me. Becky was the name of the character that Essence Atkins played in the episode where Grandma uh, came to school and told all the kids about how her man was a fighter pilot. Mm. Uh, the sister from Smart Guy, her character's name was Becky as well. So is this one. They are not the same character. However, mm. this young lady, who is funny, but she she gets very little to do in this episode. Mm-hmm. She's fine. She just turns Eddie down, who's hitting on her. Shauna, uh, I don't know if it's Shana, Shauna Mangatal. I probably butchered that name. When we talked about her before, you'll never believe it. They brought this Becky back. For the season nine episode. No way. Who's afraid of the big black book? Good for them, dude. What the fuck? They brought Onisha and this Becky back for that? They don't remember how long Carl and Harriet have been married. That's correct. But they have been bringing all these ladies back. What the fuck, Family Matters? Carl comes in to choir practice with a box uh, that is a hat. Harriet says it's a present for Rachel to bribe her into giving him the solo, which Harriet already did when she gave Rachel an apparently expensive necklace. Uh, I have to presume that this hat is from a police auction, but we don't (laughs) get told that explicitly in the text. Yeah, I mean, he does have a reputation to uphold if he bought that outright yeah. that's that's no good for that reputation yeah it's a bad investment uh yeah you've heard of uh if you break it you buy it St- uh, carl's more on a if i bought it i stole it from a law-abiding <laughs> citizen and called it important evidence 
Uh, Steve comes in to join the choir and no surprise to anyone, his version of Oh Happy Day would make Lauren Hill weep. <laughs> now, this is important. They did this two years before Whoopi Goldberg got back in the habit. This is <laughs> doing it first. <laughs> Just once again, Hollywood stealing from people who have written one episode of television and never wrote another episode of television. You hear it all the time. Uh, so I do want to say props to Jaleel for yes. Making this episode, uh, at this particular point in his life, anytime a year before or after this moment, he would not have been able to make his voice crack in the way that he does here, mm -hmm. but he like lands right on that split spot uh, and makes his voice squeak a bunch. It's good. It's very good. It's funny. Um, and uh, Rachel gets out the pitch pipe and he. It's not exactly able to recreate the notes that she's given mm -hmm. him here. This is I'm gonna I'm gonna be sprinkling these in throughout the episode. You you, you this, own a pitch pipe. Do you know how this works? I have been a music director for a cappella groups for over ten years. Uh -huh. This is a pitch pipe is a thing that I have right next to my keys anytime uh -huh. that I you never know when you're gonna need it. I last year during the a cappella Christmas season, I was doing a gig with a guy. And he looked uh, very scared to be doing a gig with me. And I thought, that that's fine. It's just, you know, some people are nervous. And he's, he pulled out hmm? an electric pitch pipe. Oh, yeah. And he would be singing into it <laughs> to make sure that he, it, like, registered if he was, like, flat or sharp. And he was, he would use it. And he did not come back this year. And I feel... Very bad about that guy. Now, David, why would he be scared about being pitchy around you specifically? I have no idea, and I do not self-reflect, and we'll get to it. <laughs> We're going to find out more about me and my personality. Rachel's like, oh, yeah, Steve, you got to get the fuck out. No, thank you. Uh, you're making God cry. <laughs> Um, this this is where I, you know, we've we've all gone through choir. Uh, we were in choir yeah. together. Yeah. Um, having been in church choirs growing up too, it's the same process there. Like you would never, I wouldn't imagine, uh, just throw somebody into the choir without gee, I don't know, like an audition or something. Like yeah. he's a walk on. Like you don't, you don't like you don't public humiliate someone like this. Like you gotta, you have to have an audition with them, like one on one, and then you make a decision. <laughs> and if they don't have the chops for it, then then you find that out before they humiliate themselves in front of a whole group of people. It's just not how it usually yeah. works, you know. And then if you do it privately and the teenager that you're auditioning, his dad works at the church and this teenager is incapable of learning music and memorizing it and <laughs> won't help you in any way. If it's in private, then the people in private can put pressure on that choir director to keep this kid in the choir, damn, even though he dude. doesn't deserve it. Or... Or you get a part, or you think you nailed an audition for a musical, but you don't get it. But mm. you don't get the part because the 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 part goes to the the drama teacher's kid, and then that. Mm. And, but then he, but then he gets like a DUI the night before the first performance, <laughs> and, uh, and but then they, but they, they don't get, but then they don't give you the part. And they they have the choreographer, the adult choreographer, to do the part. Oh, oh my god, a lighthead! But that was not from that was not from uh, life experience at all. It wasn't. Uh, no, it could have been. This is all. As, this is from you a know, TV I never, I never experienced that. Person. Or 
you could have spent a lot of time with a lot of hardworking people and they're all very talented and you don't want one person coming in and they're going to mm. ruin it for all of these people that have been working really hard and they're sounding really good right now. <laughs> all hypotheticals. <laughs> none, none, you know. it could, Who knows? It could happen to anybody. <laughs> Harriet, of all people, objects to Rachel's treatment of Steve. And Rachel immediately pulls rank and makes Steve and everyone present and everyone in the audience at home very sad very quickly. Yeah. She doesn't handle this diplomatically. Sometimes you don't become the director because you're the best singer, but because you're the best diplomat. You're the best people mm. organizer. Mm. It feels like she has maybe been promoted to her level of incompetence and we'll stay there little uh, peter principle for you <laughs> interior church night and not just night at 11 45 p.m exactly on the dot <laughs> they're singing go tell it on the mountain a little slow and tired seems like they've been at this for a little while and <laughs> carl uh, Rachel, carl carl it hasn't affected carl though at all he is <laughs> he wants oh, that solo. My God, the, the expressions he's making when they oh the, the close-ups <laughs> so good even though i don't know what he's mouthing like he doesn't there's parts where like i don't Hallelujah. think you're singing the words i have no idea what he's mouthing but <laughs> yeah, it's fantastic he's riffing right now <laughs> rachel full-on yells at a woman uh who she says the name of this character in the episode this person is not credited in the episode she then yells at a guy she calls Brother Spencer, he is credited in the episode simply as man, which is a fascinating choice. <laughs> uh, she says he needs to get his dentures under control. This man is played by Earl Billings. Uh, he played an admiral on Star Trek The Next Generation and a senator in Thank You for Smoking, which is another... Uh, <laughs> that's. That's another movie I maybe have differing opinions from the most of the people on. Uh, <laughs> although I did, I liked Barbie. I did not like Thank You for Smoking. I don't. I know that hurts you personally, John, when I say. Yeah, that. no, I appreciate the. I appreciate your opinion, but it's you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not uh, accurate. It's not good. It's not welcome here. <laughs> you can't say it. We're gonna edit it out of the podcast. <laughs> Rachel uh, then snaps at Harriet, and she bit off a little bit more than she can chew. She should know. <laughs> better than to come at the queen and uh so they speed up the song carl is seemingly falling asleep at, at some point when he's supposed to be doing his solos uh so she cuts his solo and gives it to dolo because carl's out and rachel's in <laughs> this is where she lost me i you're you've been very mean to these Wait, this is where she lost you this <laughs> it took until this wow. point. <laughs> oh smokes. I um I don't I guess that's impressive. She lost me right away in this from scene. Jump, from yeah. jumping this scene. <laughs> when she was I'm announced telling, as choir director. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm having a hard time with this episode. I'm having some personal experiences over here. Okay. No, I was happy with uh, her getting getting the position. Uh, just this scene, though, when I see her railing on people, I'm like, "What are you? What are you doing? <laughs> this is not the Rachel that I know. What is what is going on here?" She doesn't seem like she cares about a lot in her life, but singing is one where she <laughs> demands a certain level of excellence. Uh, that doesn't surprise me necessarily. I would say maybe she should just sort of find other ways to exercise apparently the extreme <laughs> tension that is wound up inside of her body. Uh, Carl comes down and breaks her baton. <laughs> and then uh, storms out with her hat. Everyone follows except Harriet, who waits till last so she can make sure she snatches that necklace up right off of her sister's body and walks out as well in very classic Telma Hopkins fashion throughout this episode. She's, she is not inappropriate for sitcom levels mm -hmm. of exaggeration, but also 
certainly not realistic the way she reacts to everything i i love it it's i love a rachel episode she's like the perfect amount of ham i'm a hammy guy and she's serving it up hot and i love it interesting maybe you should have drafted her for the show i think it's a pretty heavy uh points uh total for me right i'm getting a lot of points out of this episode <laughs> I, this is another one where i think by our rules we don't have a lot of points across the board we can talk about it i also like how we split up the a and b plots i'm not quite sure but i think mm-hmm. i have an idea interior living room D- day night uh estelle is losing checkers to steve real bad and uh he says his parents did not care for him going to church and inviting the lord into his heart uh they wanted him to join them in the old synth step tanks is this a rhyme if it's the same word but it's it kind of sounds like another word tanks no tanks you get it because it's like thanks but it's uh tanks is a different it's word. A new york way of saying it uh his parents this is like the most tired thing that i remember hearing as a kid and being like oh man if i said that they'll really get them that will be so good and but it's like i i it's unimpressive to anyone outside of the church atmosphere when you say this uh his parents said you can't touch see or feel god and he said yeah i can't touch see or feel an atom but i believe in it and oh now they've learned their lesson whoa also you can um you're touching atoms all the time so that's a fucking crazy thing to say uh atoms are everywhere and everything so unless you're in the yeah i know i learned that uh, i learned that from oppenheimer Mm. uh quite the box office bomb I'm the first one to say that, and I want to congratulate myself on uh, being smart. (laughs) Speaking of self-congratulation, Rachel comes in uh, being like, hey, wait, why is the whole family gone without me to someplace? And they're like, oh, you were really shitty to everyone. They didn't they didn't want to be around you. So that's why they left. Everyone drew straws, in fact, to see who would stay and have a heart-to-heart with Rachel. And Rachel says, oh, Estelle, you won? And in a way that only a genius actor could make funny, Estelle, Mm -hmm. Mother Winslow, played by Rosetta Lenore, goes, one, lost, whatever. And I even me doing it, it's not even close to doing justice to like how actually funny that is. It's not a funny line, but it's fucking funny when she does it because she's good. Yeah. Rachel's like, look, I know maybe I took this a little, it was a little bit to do, I know. And Estelle says God doesn't care if his praises are sung off key, uh, which is not not my understanding of God from what I was told in the church choir. Uh, and Steve is like, oh, yeah, it's fine that I'm not in choir. <laughs> it's really okay. I don't, that's probably for the best. And it saved me the time from quitting like everybody else, you dumb bitch. Gotcha. All right. Oh, I, oh, <laughs> let's get into it. All right. I, this, at this point in the episode, mm-hmm. I began to see oh. that they wrote this one for me. This oh. is this is the one where I learn a lesson and I I get the points. So you're having a very special episode of this podcast right now. <laughs> Look, it's hard to mix work and talent and egos and mm-hmm. friendships and family and money and responsibility. That's yes. a lot of things sure. to be juggling. And when I started, I was meaner than I would have liked to have been oh. in that position of leadership. And I'm not proud of how I handled it. But you learn from it and you grow from it. And I'm a better person now okay. because I did that. Good. 
And I just want to thank the good Lord no, for all wait. his 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 work and forgiveness. The Lord does not need to know that I'm here. <laughs> this one, I, I, I'm gonna send this episode to people. I'm going to either the TV show or the podcast. They're gonna hear about it. Yeah, they they chalk all this up to faith, and really, all it is is like maybe just like treat other human beings <laughs> nicely and that would be good mm-hmm. and you don't need anyone to like tell you that because everyone knows that that feels good when you do that i have more of a problem with this episode from the perspective of that where they're like oh well god did this this is all yeah. jesus stuff when it's like what happened to the family <laughs> like why why can this not be a thing between the human beings and like understanding each other you don't you don't from a perspective you don't feel god in this chilies tonight <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what I what I do in a Chili's, <laughs> God doesn't need to know about that. He, he should turn a blind eye. <laughs> That's the devil's work. <laughs> Interior of the church on Gospel Sunday that was foretold. Pastor Peeble is reading Psalm 95.1. I didn't look it up if this is accurate. I don't care. Uh, his hair... <laughs> Looks nuttier in this scene than it did in mm-hmm. the previous one. I don't know mm-hmm. why. Because he called up the van guy. Oh, he put a little pep in his head. <laughs> it didn't work too good. No, <laughs> I would I would keep praying on that, as they say. That's why you don't buy hair out of a van. I'm always telling people, always telling people that. <laughs> if you take nothing else away from all of the episodes of this podcast, all 200 and something when we're done... Please, please remember, don't buy hair from a van. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> don't, don't buy it from there. Don't. I'm going to go even further. Don't rent it from a van. Don't accept hair <laughs> from a van. Don't get it for free. Gospel Sunday got canceled. And then Rachel just like stands up again in front of God and everyone, literally, and says... It was because of her being a jerk as she's like doing this uh, sort of public confessional. There there are some like amens and hallelujahs in the crowd, which is, uh, you know, as expected and as explicitly explained in the text, which I don't know if they felt like they needed to do that because they understand like most of America hasn't been to a predominantly black church, just statistically Mm -hmm. speaking. So maybe you need to explain that a little bit or if it's like obvious enough, I don't know. Either way, they did explicitly say it. You have no excuse not to do it, but there is one lady who's on the set this day who is method enough to know that you also, if you're in a black church in the nineties, and I can't say if it's in a black church nowadays, because I haven't been to a black church since the nineties, But if it's in that time, you also need somebody going well on certain things. All right. There needs to be some amens. There needs to be some hallelujahs. And there needs to be some well. And there, I appreciate the lady who is throwing the wells in there. So good for her. I believe it's, I don't believe it's best practice when you're making an apology to lead your apology with, uh, you know, um, that uh, plans changed today because the choir quit. Uh, that's not a good. Uh-huh. That's not a good uh-huh. way to start your apology. Bury in the lead. <laughs> Bury in the lead, big time. <laughs> yeah, that's not. That's not getting to the root of the issue here. <laughs> the root of the issue is yeah, maybe not. It's bearing your soul yeah. in the way that you should be. Yeah, here. you, you, you did this. You did it. Anyway, she gets to it eventually, but you, you, yeah, you got to lead with that. But again, she like in the process of confessing her sins, like I don't think we're overdoing the Jesus language in this episode. Like this is a very heavy on like there is no subtext to any of this. They are just saying all that stuff out loud. But in her like saying, I made a mistake. Can I possibly be forgiven? Uh Carl stands up and does not say that he will forgive her, but he does sing the first line of a gospel song 
that Harriet then takes up with the next line. Laura follows, gets her own line, which is a good reminder <laughs> that Kelly S. Williams is a great singer and doesn't always get like the spotlight shown on her the way yeah, that this whole family especially Eddie man. does. Man, this yeah. whole family. It's it's beautiful. Although you bring up yeah. a good point. He doesn't he doesn't say he'll forgive her. So maybe they Maybe they put on the show here, but then they 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 don't talk at all uh, after they leave the church. <laughs> I mean, for again the church language for worldly reasons, they might just want to be like, "We worked hard on Gospel Sunday. We want to look good in front of all these other people. Mm -hmm. We're still going to sing Gospel Sunday songs." So like. This doesn't need to be about Rachel. This could just be this group of people being like, oh, yeah, we're not going to let her ruin it. I want to have fun and look good in front of all these people and be praised on this earth and not in heaven. <laughs> if I were in this congregation, which is now about half empty once everybody is up <laughs> in front of everyone else. I would not believe that this had not been staged somehow, that this is not a a passion play <laughs> that is going on <laughs> on the stage. And I think the thing that really cements it is this is we've had before like off screen vocals in a Christmas episode, mm. just like coming in to sweeten like everything else. My dudes, this is pre-recorded. Oh, this part is. And they're the whole song that they, every other song in this episode has been live. Mm -hmm. This is all pre-recorded, and I, you threw you threw it all away. You could have <laughs> had it all, and you ruined it. And the last you fumbled the touchdown, fucked up the end game, as they say. Not in church, but they do. Uh, I, <laughs> I yeah, I was like, surely you're not talking because the closing credits. This is the end. Uh, the closing credits are the the earlier gospel song from the beginning. I guess like a second take of it uh, or something. But it's indisputably live because again, Rachel is riffing mm -hmm. throughout the whole thing. So, uh, uh, yeah, I that's such a fascinating choice, especially for you know your big <laughs> your big number uh, where you needed to be perfect. I guess they wanted it too badly. Um, and that's why this director and writer were fired and never worked on Family Matters again. <laughs> uh, it did. I was uh, maybe the worst crime that the show uh, did is in the the ending where we have a shot that tilts up toward the steeple of the church. Uh, same church interior, but not the same exterior, but it did still remind me that there was a moment where we could have seen Lune die. And we, he lived. <laughs> he beat me to it. I was just about to bring that guy up. He survived that church experience and we have to live with that shit. I think I've explained my, my thoughts, but to, just to put a bow on it, I think it's fucked up that like Everything is attributed to the Lord in this episode when you needed to do like the interpersonal working mm -hmm. stuff to get this family back together. Uh, that was my big issue with it. I fucking hated it. I hated this episode. I wish that I hadn't seen it. I wish I hadn't been on TV. Uh, but can I just ask you to clarify? OK, <laughs> <laughs> so the good thing was, you know. <laughs> just kidding it's not, it wasn't good um but i i can't understand how it would have hit different people differently based on their personal experiences as well i i woke up in the morning and i watched this and i felt attacked and i understand <laughs> that this is karmic retribution but i'm better now i don't need this in my life anymore <laughs> it, it hurt everybody i guess for different reasons uh it is wild because usually if you're like too close to a subject matter you get irritated by the things that they get wrong uh mm -hmm. like i remember in high school while i was on the swim team the movie swim fan came out and apart from being just a very bad movie just a terrible mm -hmm. thriller period mm -hmm. 
they like basically must have done zero research into how swimming on a swim team works because that thing that's in the title of the movie was wrong every time they mentioned anything. <laughs> uh, so me and my friends watched it and like laughed at how bad and wrong it was about stuff. This one, on the other hand, kind of fucking nailed everything. Like uh, kind of yeah, got the, a little bit. Auditions, you got to have auditions. <laughs> I have a feeling that whether or not they held auditions, Steve would have felt like he was exempt from the process. So that part I also kind of believe that there's always one guy who's going to show up and feel like he can be allowed on to the choir because his parents are arguably important in this community. Um, and he just wants to feel special. He just wants to for people to feel good when they see him, uh, and they don't, and they never will. And that's how he starts a podcast where people don't have to see him anymore. Um, it happened anyway. Hey, you're all you're all great people. We're all nice and good, and this is fine. We all turned out great, no matter what happened to us. We're sure. doing fine now. Sure. Let's uh, let's talk about the fun stuff. Let's talk about points. Fun. Let's fun for add who? Them up. Certainly not fun for me. <laughs> I I'm gonna hop off. You guys go ahead. Okay, great. <laughs> You're not you might not be exempt from points this week, but it's possible you get none, depending on how vociferously you argue here. Uh <laughs> the only one that's a lock is opening line from Carl yelling about being late for church. That one is that's indisputable. <laughs> Even the closing line, I cannot explicitly tell you who mm. I think has it. Because the closing is music. So do we count any of the people wow. singing as responses? Whoa. Or does Rachel have the final line of the episode? Because she's like, I hope you can forgive me. And then Carl stands up and doesn't say anything, but just starts singing. I feel like that's the closing line, but... I guess the counter argument would be of the like next four people that sing a solo by themselves. Eddie would be the last one to do Correct. that. Oh, sure. Right. So then it's, it, yeah, then it's obviously that's the, <laughs> that's the answer. <laughs> I, I, I do think if we exclude singing from final lines, we might be losing out on a lot of point opportunities this season. So I do think my my instinct was to say that Eddie has the closing line here because he's the last of the individuals before the group starts. Otherwise, everybody gets <laughs> closing lines and it's nonsense. <laughs> and then you might as well just have none. Uh, so, okay, closing line. That's something. Hey, look, I'm on the board, y'all. <laughs> um, Can we agree that the a plot is the choir portion of it and that there is a B plot and the B plot is Steve getting saved. Do we I think oh, so. feel good about I, that. I didn't think about that. I don't. Cause it's kind of all hmm. wrapped up into one because of like yeah. the way that it, it all centers around the church. But I do think that those are two distinct plot lines in their own way. I don't, I don't know. The, I don't know. Yeah, because the problem with that is if we do it that way, I would argue Steve and Estelle mm. are in the A plot and the B plot inextricably. I think to me, the choir plot is mostly Rachel, Carl and Harriet. I love That's that what I would do for the I don't, plot. I don't even know if there is a B plot. I think it would be. I, I guess. Would yeah, be I guess. Yeah, I'm just getting. Kind of, it, it's all the same location, but I guess you could say that uh, there are different plots going on. Steve's looking for some sense of, I guess, community, and then it becomes something that morphs into the plot about the choir. So, okay, I, all right, I, I'll give it to you. A plot, Carl, Harriet, Rachel, for sure. B plot, Steve Estelle for sure. I, I, I get it. I know it's rough. It's rough week for me. I, I know. John just has closing line points on this one. That is that's hard. That's hard to hear. This is where I wish I would have advocated for singing, right? Because I I could maybe get double points yeah, for that I'm there. Saying. 
It would have been huge. We're, we're going to have to issue a New Testament for next season. We're going to have to revise <laughs> some of the rules that we laid down at first in good faith. Um, you know, there's two sets of Ten Commandments. We don't have time to get into all this. We, don't, we can't do we can't do the whole thing right now. But uh, yeah, I guess uh, make a joyful noise in our inbox by emailing the show. <laughs> yeah. Um you know you just attach it as a uh mp3 wave uh aiff um you know mm. any any of those uh audio formats you hit us up at jump that sure. shuttle at no that's not our email address that's not it for sure it's not <laughs> jumping the shuttle at gmail.com yeah cool all right sweet uh, yeah uh, what, what more needs to be said really other than our social media handles where you can send us your uh jesus content or we uh, we saw on social media this week some fun family matters bloopers that were posted by some people mm-hmm. so there's there's real social stuff out there tag us yeah, and you can also just send your auditions. Um, I, I'm very <laughs> oh. nice now. I am. Oh. I've learned a lot, and you can. It's uh, okay I'll if it's not nice quite David's tempo. It's okay. It's all right. Yep. I swear to fucking. I jump the shuttle. I jump the shuttle. I jump the shuttle. Okay, I'm that Alex D on all social everything's. Um, guys, I. What, what's going on? I think on? that was good. It got? could be better. Let's take it. Let's take it from the top. Let's start this one over. <laughs> let's try it again. I don't mean to be that guy about it, but I not. Oh come! Oh come on, man. I, um, honestly, it was David. David was bad in this episode. We should start <laughs> over. And try again.